0: Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. I got the album.
1: Here you can listen to it on this.
0: (sighs) I did the best I could, bleeding gums. Attention all units. Poison gas cloud heading for Oh, that's nice. Hey, it's getting cloudy.
1: <coughs> oh, oh boy. <coughs> that
0: was for you, bleeding gums.
1: You made it. An- Jazz man happy, Lisa. You must avenge my death, Kimba. I mean, Simba. Look, I am your father. This is CNN. Will you guys pipe down? I'm saying goodbye to Lisa.
2: We're sorry.
0: I don't want you to go.
2: Sorry, but
0: I have to. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: What the heck? Once more from the top. Yay!
3: Lisa, I got a date with Billie Holiday.
0: Everything's running smoothly.
3: Yo, yo, yo! Yo! What is going on? My name's Hartzell, and this right here, it's your KC Moa! Word Kansas City. A happy Thursday to the KC morning home. Oh the show today we're joined by darren story director of development at the american jazz museum we will once again kansas city be hanging in the yard it's that annual outdoor music concerts put on by the american jazz museum in the historic 18th and vine jazz district celebrating 100 years 100 plus years now of charlie bird parker the great charlie parker We'll talk about that in just a matter of moments. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City, I love you. Back in your feeds tomorrow. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. We'll see ya in the morning. Bye.
2: Your style is unorthodox, but effective.
3: The Casey Morning Show.
2: You know, in the music business, we've been practicing brotherhood for quite a long time. man's color and his religion don't make any difference. When you put a horn in his hands, the only thing that counts is your talent. Well, I think that's uh, the uh, thing about the Down Beach All-American Band. It makes it All-American because it's a different creeds and different, uh, races. I believe that's right. Well, how about it? Who, uh, how are we going to get rid of these now? Well, uh... I've been used to doing this for quite a while. Maybe it'd be nice, change if I turn it over to you and let you do the honors. Okay? I'd love to. I'd love okay, to. Well, Charlie, Dizzy, here they are. Hello, this Earl. is Charlie Parker Thank and you. the famous Dizzy Gillespie. Now, fellas, uh, Leonard says I'm supposed to be the Toastmaster, the sort of the Georgie Jessel of jazz. So, Charlie, I want to award you now uh, the Downbeat Award for the best Aldo Sax man of 1951. Thank Congratulations you, to you. Thank you. And, uh, Diz, this is to you from Downbeat for being one of the top trumpet men of all time. Congratulations, Diz. I mean, Dizzy, I got a little informal there. You. <laughs> you boys got anything more to say? Well, Earl, they say music speaks louder than words, so we'd rather voice our opinion that way, if you don't mind. Uh, I think that'd be all right with everybody if you really want to do it. Good. Okay, now, while you fellows are getting us up there, I better tell the public that, uh, we're gonna have some really torrid tempo with Charlie Parker, the alto sax, And uh, Diz at the uh, trumpet, and Dick Hyman's at the piano. They're going to play. What is it? I think it's Hot House. Hot House. Okay, fellas, let's go.
3: First time on your KC Morning Show, hopefully not the last, because when you hear my man's voice, you're going to hear more. You want to hear more from Darren's Story. He is the director of development at the American Jazz Museum. You know, we love our friends in 18th and Vine, and we got an event. In fact, we have a celebration celebrating one hundred years of charlie bird parker it's in the yard the annual outdoor music event that's totally free the american jazz museum they put this on every year we've got music we've got you darren story welcome to the show tell us
1: more all right so thank you for having me and i'm really excited to be on the program in the yard is our annual celebration for Charlie Bird Parker celebrating his birthday. He was born August 29th, 1920. We're on the 26th, so we're just a little before his actual birthday, but we always do it around the week of his birthday. It's going to be down in the 18th Divine Vine Jazz Disregard Stage is actually going to be right in front of the Urban Baseball Academy. So we're kind of using that entire space, which is right behind the museum. It's going to be Saturday, August 26th, starting at 5 p.m., going to about 10 p.m. It starts with our Parker birthday sax salute at 5 p.m. Uh, this sax salute started with about seven saxophone players and basically playing something together. What a Bird's numbers! It has now grown to over 50 musicians involved in this sax salute playing to get things kicked off. So we're really excited about that. That should be extremely powerful. We do it right in front of the monument. Of course, we have like a large sculpture or like a bust of charlie parker right behind us right behind the museum near the Jay mcsham pavilion it'll happen there where we salute charlie and then of course we get into our concert we have logan richardson and blues people featuring marquise hill and Dwelle will be our headliner we're gonna have a mix of jazz and also a little bit of r&b because we understand that everything kind of came from jazz all the different genres everything started with jazz and blues so we also give deference to other musical genres really excited about it it's free bring your blanket and your lawn chair come on out we're gonna have refreshments food trucks all that so you'll be able to eat and drink and be merry and listen to some amazing music can you just kind of
3: break down and explain you know, the importance of Charlie Parker, you just kind of touched on it, how jazz and the feel of Kansas City is so integral to not just, you know, hip hop, R&B, jazz, it's integral to music at large. And a lot of that we have to thank Charlie Parker. So can you explain
1: his significance? Absolutely. You know, Charlie Parker was really only here for a minute. I think that a lot of people don't realize that Charlie Parker died when he was only 35 years old. It's interesting how the great ones seem to die young for whatever reason that is. But Charlie Parker really revolutionized. He kind of took jazz to a different space. I've heard it said, and I don't know who I can claim this quote to, it's been said that jazz was born in New Orleans, but it grew up in Kansas City. And Charlie Parker was really part Of that evolution where he kind of took the shackles off the art form a player that didn't really buy in the rules and so he was one of the influences that created bebop him and dizzy gillespie charles mingus people like that that took jazz to another level of intricacy another level of entrance really making it something that people needed to really sit down and listen to instead of just snapping your fingers to it. It was something that captured you. And again, the thing that I really love about his music and the guys that were his peers is that they really didn't worry about rules or theory. I'm a musician myself. So you know when you're taught to play things, there's theory, there's the right way and the wrong way. But I think that what Charlie did was he's like, no, if it feels good, let's go with it. And that's really what makes jazz jazz. So that's why he was such an an amazing influence and innovator during his time. And his influence still lives today.
3: When it comes to the identity of Kansas City, yes, Charlie Parker contributed to music. But how did he also contribute to the swag of Kansas (laughs) City, the vibe of what Kansas City was back then?
1: He was a very, very sharp dresser. If you've seen pictures of him, he was very sharp. He loved his double-breasted suits, and then he could get everybody else to come here and play. That was the other thing that I think Charlie was, you know, was quite the attraction. So all these other guys would come here and play. Some of the guys that I just mentioned, as well as, of course, you know, Count Basie was already here and other musicians. So I mean, I think that he really made kansas city cool for a lot of people and that's really you know part of his legacy that he made kansas city cool his legacy is just so amazing
3: some of your favorite tracks some of your favorite full-length albums full-length concerts and shows you know we got folks right now in the car who want to pull this up you know they want to stream charlie bird parker the legacy continues what would you give them as a small you know some sample sizes
1: the quintessential concert it was recorded. They didn't even rehearse for this show. Jazz at Massey Hall in Toronto, May 15, 1953. With Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Bud Powell, Charles Mingus, and Max Roach on drums. If you listen to that recording, it really does encompass him all in one show. If, if you never listen to any of his stuff, if you listen to this, then it will probably make you go down a serious rabbit hole about what they did. The album is called The Quintet. And it was jazz at Massey Hall in Toronto, again, May 15, 1953. That to me is my favorite piece of music that he's worked on. And also the group of people that he worked with, all of them jazz legends. So you mentioned how you yourself,
3: you know, you're an artist as well. Break down your story and break down how <laughs> Charlie Parker has influenced you, my friend. And also drop some of your tracks because we need people to come and check you out.
1: It's interesting. Ironically, um, when I was in high school, I graduated from what they call now Lincoln College Prep in Kansas City, Missouri. When I was coming up in high school, it doesn't exist anymore, but we used to have the Charlie Parker Academy for the Performing Arts, and it was right there on Brush Creek and Paseo. And so after school, we would go there to learn jazz. Some of my teachers were Kansas City jazz greats, Ahmad Aladdin, Eddie Baker, Jack Lightfoot. And these are the guys that When you talk about Kansas City jazz and you talk to guys at the foundation and things like that, they know who they are. We were kids. We had no idea these guys were like jazz icons in Kansas City. They were just cool cats teaching us how to play jazz. So I remember those guys telling stories about Charlie Parker and Gillespie and Mingus because they had played with these cats. And that was crazy because I still did not understand the depth or the breadth of our influence as far as jazz. The art form here in Kansas City, because when you're a kid growing up in Kansas City, just growing up, you know, you're not well read, if you will. I was a trumpet player. The first jazz song I played was Killer Joe. So that was awesome and teaching you how to improvise. And, you know, I remember Aladine telling me, you know, there, man, there's notes between the notes, cat. You got to find the notes between the notes. And I'm like, OK. And so this whole discipline of jazz was really just wild and crazy. And it allowed you to have like the ultimate creativity. So as far as me personally, I went on to uh, college at Florida A&M University, was in the music program there. I was in the Marching 100, which is the greatest marching band in the history of marching bands. And then eventually um, became a recording artist. And I was with an R&B band in the 90s called Low Key. And we were on AM Records and we actually scored a number one R&B hit back in 1992 called i got
2: a thing for you now i won't let but i need a pants to
0: mention i need
3: hold up can i interrupt you i'm so sorry hold on that's mama's like top five track i know this song that's you well i feel like i need to start this whole thing over welcome to the casey Morning show yeah
1: we are at that stage where Oh yeah, my mama used to listen to that song.
3: I sang along two, <laughs> two stepping together. Don't you feel like we're just mama, all right?
1: If you pay us enough money, we'll still play. <laughs> we'll get out and we'll dust off ourselves and do a show. As a matter of fact, just last year, we did a show at the Midland with Stephanie Mills and Freddie Jackson. That was cool. And that's my musical legacy. and played with the guys that i played with you know we started as a cover band here in kansas city called grand jury back in the early 1980s so i've been playing with these guys for over 40 years and also to me being at the jazz museum now is kind of me coming full circle because i grew up four blocks from the jazz museum and so coming back it's like coming back home to go work for this organization and walking the streets that i walked as a child and All my schools, I went to all three schools that are right there in that neighborhood. And so it's just been pretty amazing to uh, be working with the Jazz Museum.
3: Well, let me ask you a legacy question. You know, what do you think Bird would say? You know, what's the current state of the jazz scene in Kansas City? I think you would know that better than most, but also thinking of like the coaching tree, right? And all the branches, you know, the Mm -hmm. legacy of
1: it all. I think I would say Bird would be good with what he's seeing. I mean, we have a lot of young, talented players here in this town. More than I even knew, since I've come to work at the Jazz Museum, I've become more acutely aware of the level of artistry that we still have working in this city, especially in the jazz vein. I believe that Bird, it would be well with his soul that we are in a good place. And our job as a museum is to make sure that we can amplify that so that not only people in Kansas City will know that we have this happening because, you know, we're kind of an interesting hybrid of a museum because we have the museum, of course, which is about the history and telling the story. And then, of course, we have education. We also have research that we do with our artifacts and things like that. And then, of course, the performance part, which, you know, with the blue room and then, of course, the gym theater. So we are this hybrid Type of entity. But it is because of the performance thing, it is really incumbent on us to make sure that we give space for that, that we are trying to continue to give musicians, regardless if you're young or old, an opportunity to show what you can do, to continue to tell the story of jazz, amplify the story of jazz, and then, of course, evolve the story of jazz. So I think Bird would be extremely excited looking at him, you know, 103 years after he was born. I think he would be pleased.
3: August twenty sixth, we're going to be in the yard celebrating a hundred years of Charlie Bird Parker, my friend. Before I let you go, any sure. other programming that you want to plug? I know you've got so much that's going on in the American Jazz Museum. In fact, we talk about legacy. That is part of the legacy. The museum itself, the American Jazz Museum. So, any other exhibits? Anything you think we want to come and check
1: out? Well, I tell you, we have our third Thursday concert. One more coming up. We have one coming up in August and one more in September. So we do that in the lawn back behind the Jazz Museum in the pavilion. So that's a free concert again that's brought to you by Evergy. And we appreciate their support with us. Blair Bryant is our next act. And if you have not heard Blair Bryant, he's a bass virtuoso, in my opinion. That's going to be this Thursday. This already here. So Blair Bryant plays a six-string bass. We'll just run rings around you. He is a prodigy. He's not just an amazing bass player. He's a prodigy. He can play all different instruments. He's kind of like Prince, to be honest with you. So him and his band will be there this third Thursday on the 17th. Will so come out. The museum stays open a little later too that day, too. So you could actually hang out in the museum till about eight o'clock. The show starts at eight. Bring your lawn chairs and your blankets and all that. And just come your phenomenal show. And then, of course. Our Blue Room is open on Mondays, Thursdays, and also Fridays and Saturdays. And we also have jazz at noon on the first and second Thursdays of the month. So we've already had ours for August, but next month, September on the 7th and the 14th, you can come to the Blue Room during lunchtime and catch an hour concert of jazz. It's really phenomenal. So if you want to change your pace in the middle of your day, come see us first and second Thursdays for Jazz at Noon.
3: Darren Story, the director of development at the American Jazz Museum. It's just, it's always a family reunion whenever you're at the museum or just whenever you're in 18th and Vine, man. You understand. That's it right. It's a whole mood. We're with our folks and it feels so, so good. Darren, will you come back on the show?
1: Anytime, my man, anytime.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, it is 1953 and we are live from Massey Hall, the Quartet on your KC Morning Show!
2: This time we would like to play a tune that was composed by my worthy constituent, Mr. Dizzy Gillespie, in the year of 1942. We sincerely hope you do enjoy Salt Peanuts. <laughs>
0: Salbenuts.
3: Salpinads, salbeanuts. Sal peanut
0: salbenas.
3: Salpeanuts. Salpinuts, The name of the salt.
0: Oh, <laughs>
2: play pad house (laughs)
0: tra 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 I would like to play c'est Soir en Tunis, a night in Tunisia.